This week's episode of Very Good Television Podcast is brought to you by Room 104, a new anthology series from the Duplass Brothers on HBO. Set in the single room of an average American motel, Room 104 tells a different story of the assorted characters who pass through it in each episode. Ranging from comedy to drama to horror, each episode plays like a mini-movie, offering a new discovery from one week to the next, telling tales of everyday people striving for connection and meaning. Room 104 begins its 12-episode season this Friday, July 28th at 11.30 p.m., exclusively on HBO. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And once again, we are joined by a special guest, none other than the podcaster supreme, Michael Schneider. That sounds delicious. <laughs> the podcaster supreme? Yeah, yeah. No cheese on mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike's here to show us how it's done, podcasting-wise. <laughs> uh, but also to help us get through um, a quick discussion of Comic-Con, where we are all currently ensconced uh, here at the Love... We're here in uh, Mike's hotel room, thank you very much, and looking down over the sea of people who are here to enjoy pop culture. Yeah, we're, we're literally looking at the people who camped out all night for Hall H. These are the people with their, their cots and their oh my God. sleeping bags and, and their tents. These are the Stranger Things people. So they've been there all night long, and they're still there. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you, you they, they get, basically you get a wristband, I think, now, and then like you can go, go and sleep for six hours, and then you come back, and at, come like, back. at six in the morning, um, according to your wristband identification. It's very... More, you, have a, you have a neat, unique perspective from here, Mike. You should probably take a photo and post that and like draw a little line to illustrate just how long this is, because I don't think a lot of people have a, a good perception of how long the Hall H line is as well. I mean, we know how long they wait, but kind of the physicality of it is crazy. The scale of this place is just yeah. always always, always mind-blowing once you see it. I just couldn't, I just don't think I could ever do that. I, I wish I was passionate about anything to, to get in line. I don't think I would stay in line that long for, like, my kid's graduation. I think I would just, like, <laughs> bow out at some point, like, sorry, kids, it's too long. Like, someone will video it, I'll watch it later, I'm sure it'll be great, I'm not going to miss much, you've got your diploma... So I'll catch it on video later. Yeah. yeah, patience is all that you need to really avoid those lines. It's just like, listen, I can wait. If I can wait, then it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they have questions. Maybe they have pertinent Stranger Things questions that only they can ask, and only Stranger Things people can answer. Well, I feel like you're kind of under you're you're, you're saying Stranger Things, but really, I think everyone you know, probably there's more people with questions about Westworld. You think so? I disagree. Really? Yes. Interesting. Hmm. Though they are squaring off at the Emmys, so we might find out. Well, you, you're going to be in both panels today, so you're going to have a unique opportunity to uh, find, out, find out like which fan base is more insane. I mean, yesterday that was a question posed to Gwendolyn Christie at the Game of Thrones panel. Really? Uh, but she was debating, or she was asked to, to tell which fandom was crazier between Game of Thrones and Star Wars. <laughs> and, I mean, she backed off. She basically said they were equal. Um, which, I love frankly, the Frankly, I find controversial. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that a show that's been on for seven years has the same crazy fandom as a film franchise that's been around for five, six decades right, now. Right. But, but with, I don't know. with less consistency, I will say. Wait, who has less consistency? Star Wars. I think Game of Thrones is. I think Game of Thrones is like kind of like like little like ups and downs, and then Star Wars you have like the pl- the high highs of the, the original trilogy, and then the low lows of the prequels, and then 
And then it gets wavy. I don't know. I'm doing things with my hands here, people. And <laughs> it's day it's day four of Comic Con, and that's about what our, where we're at. <laughs> well, thinking about the Stranger Things versus Westworld, like who's going to have the louder screams? I kind of feel like Stranger Things, don't you? Like the, there's going to be more screaming at Stranger Things I, from the I fans. Think, I think that's probably true. I'm trying to think of. Like considering the panelists, if there was anyone in particular who'd walk on stage, they'd freak out. But yeah, I think if the kids walk on stage, people will probably start screaming. Yeah, yeah, especially when Millie Bobby Brown yeah. comes Millie, out. Yeah, because Westworld's just a little more cerebral, so yeah. it's, they're gonna be they're gonna be thinking. Exactly, they <laughs> exactly. They're gonna be pondering the questions <laughs> of the universe. Ben says that, but Ben, you are totally gonna be like, "I love you, Rachel." I would but, probably yell at Evan. Yes. Yeah, but that'll be you. That's, and then you'll be escorted out. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. I, I didn't have to wait in line, so I'm just making the most of my time in Hollywood. <laughs> Plus, that's the last panel of the day, so I can leave whenever I want. Oh, gosh. Well, watch out for that, then. Or that's your last panel of the day. It's not the last panel of the right, day entirely. So yes. My last time yes. in college. Oh, single tier. No. <laughs> uh, but no, what, have, uh, what has been the highlight for you so far, Liz? I mean, you've been here the longest. You experienced some stuff on Wednesday that was, that was pre- opening entertainment, let's say, and yeah. then, uh, you've also been digging through quite a lot of the Comic-Con scene. Yeah, I basically, um, I've been doing, keeping up with my panel coverage, um, and all that, but one of the things I kind of, I kind of accidentally started getting really into over the course of the last few days is all of the alternate experiences, um, that you can have here beyond just, you know, going to panels and screenings. And so, uh, yeah, Wednesday night I got to preview, uh, I got to preview three different things. I got to preview the Blade Runner uh, 2049 VR experience. I got to uh, solve the Mr. Robot puzzle with some a lot of help from USA. Um, a USA Network executive kind of just followed me around. He's like, maybe you should look at this. <laughs> now, was that kind of like an escape room thing where you were... It was out puzzles to get to the next puzzle, or yes, but it wasn't. But instead of being in an escape room, I was literally walking up and down the block. Oh wow! It was if they like partner and like USA went all out in partnering with businesses uh, to basically local businesses to create this experience. Like you can actually you can use your e buck your e coin to buy things at various of uh, places around town. Yeah, I was wondering. There was like a barbecue place next door that you could buy food with e coin. Was that like a real barbecue place? The, ba- was... the only place it's not real is the barbecue okay. place. The red red wheelbarrow barbecue. It has never been seen in the show so far, but a menu for it did appear in season two, and mm. it is apparently going to be part of the mystery going forward. Okay. Um, but basically, let me just say that I, they walked me through the whole experience, the whole Mr. Robot experience, and the way it ends is this cool and intimate surprise that um, has this really amazing real world, world component to it. Yeah, you get to rap with Joey Badass. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's exactly it. I actually know, like, I, I would... They legitimately were like, they were legitimately were like, please just keep yeah. it secret. Like, or better yet, you just sit in a room and you binge watch Seinfeld episodes with Joey Badass. And you're just there for two <laughs> hours. You're just watching like choice Seinfeld episodes. You know what? At this point at Comic Con, like that just sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, I mean, that would be a great attraction if they had, like, if if Kingsman decided to have some sort of giant puzzle that you had to solve. And if you happen to be good enough, like they're not going to help you out. Fox is not going to give you any tips. But if you figure out all of the clues and, and 
conquer all the challenges, you get to go to that room where Channing Tatum is trying to relax. How are you, Channing Tatum? How are you? You're in his green room. Right. It's just awkward for an hour. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I never expected anyone to get in here. You solved it. Well, welcome. Good, good for you, man. All right, I'm going to go right. I'm gonna take a nap. Would, would you yeah. like some ham? <laughs> Or whatever he's serving. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the Mr. Robot was a very fun but very involved experience. It probably it probably would take someone like it. It ta- takes you some help. You, you need some help. You need to you need to probably you know check the internet to see who else has solved it. Like it's it was a very involved, complicated thing. Do you need to be like a super fan or you don't just... need to? You just need to be really into puzzles and okay. riddles. Like I think like that like it it does help to kind of be immersed in the world of the show. And especially there's one component that does like directly reference something that happens in the show, but otherwise it's like it's just like number based puzzles and so forth. While stealing your joke, I mean that basically just means if you are Ron Swanson, then you would have a great time at the Mr. Robot experience. Literally, I was like, I love riddles. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool, but pretty complicated. The Blade Runner twenty forty nine thing was a lot more simple, and probably honestly, I've heard the most buzz about it at the con so far. Like, it really... They really did this wonderful job of blending a use of VR um, that was pretty innovative and then taking it and finding a way to give it a real-world component. And that's all I'll say without spoiling it in case one of you guys gets to check it out. But, like, basically the big the big trend I've been noticing is blending actors and technology to create experiences that are both, you know fantastical and immersed in the world of the show while also really grounded and very realistic. Um, Westworld actually, actually Westworld is probably the most lo-fi of all of them. It's almost nearly entirely human based. Hmm. Um, Humans or hosts. Well, I certainly spent 20 minutes talking to a host because I was late (laughs) for my appointment. So I had to wait for another group and he he was just hanging. It was just him and me hanging out in the gallery. Um, and waiting in the lobby, waiting for uh, waiting for our trip to begin, and my, and uh, or my trip to begin. Right. And he would occasionally ask me questions about my ex- what what I was hoping for out of the experience, and <laughs> what I would occasionally ask him questions about what he could tell me about Delos Incorporated. Um, it was very fun. Sounds a little awkward. Do you think he was holding? Secrets? It was that's like. Do you think if you asked the right questions, he <coughs> told you exactly what's going to happen in season two? He did tell me that future locations may become available to Delos customers. Interesting. But that was about as that like took fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, I've seen some really. I've, I, that's like been kind of the bigger stuff I've seen, like the out, the outside the outside the convention floor stuff. But you guys have been inside as well. Like, what have you guys seen that you've really enjoyed? I'll let Ben go first. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a short answer. I, I I've seen a lot. It's mostly been it's mostly been panels though. Like I've I've yeah. been interviewing a couple people, but I haven't spent a lot of time uh, in the what, what is it the 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 giant room with all the stuff. The yeah. hall H. Well, no, no, no. no. Like, oh, the the convention floor. The convention floor. floor yeah, I, I usually like walking through that area because yeah. they've got some just very unexpected trinkets for sale like like merchandising opportunity like i just i'm always kind of amazed at what they come up with for these shows and if it's a show you love or a movie you love or a character or whatever it is pretty exciting to see that stuff but I, I haven't had the chance to get over there um i 
I, I would probably say the best thing, and this is going to sound redundant, but it's just it's just a fact. The Archer panel remains the best thing at Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, I, did they do a table read again, or what, what they, did they do this year? No, this year they just did they just did a panel. And when I say they just did a panel, I mean that they, they literally held the panel. Um, it started with their ongoing bit now of Archer coming to Comic-Con, mm-hmm. in which, like on the two big screens at the Indigo Ballroom, they have Archer, the actual animated character, appear and talk to the crowd. And this year he was absolutely intent on convincing us that he really is there. This is not a pre-taped stunt. I don't know why you keep like saying, like, oh my gosh, Archer came to Comic-Con in quotes, like, I'm really here. So he just started pointing at people in the crowd and talking about them and flipping them off. Um, and then later, like, they did a whole panel. They talked about the new season that's coming out, which is Archer Danger Island. Um, it's set in 1939. Uh, it's going to be a whole other, you know, like, alternate reality, alternate universe kind of trip. We don't know if it's still connected to him dreaming, if this is just another dream of his, or what's going <coughs> on in the reality of Archer. But they did a whole thing on that, which was always entertaining because those panelists are so funny. Um, and then and then H. John Benjamin excused himself from the panel left and then took questions from the audience as Archer. Or Archer, I should say, took questions from the audience. with. Oh, was it like real-time animation? Yeah. So they did that at the start and at the end. It was the whole time it was H. John just kind of making fun of people, which Uh, was brilliant, which is exactly what you want from the panel. But but it's the most entertaining and informative. So it gave you you things that are literally exclusive to Comic-Con, like even the press release they sent out to everybody who was was, just on the list doesn't have all the information that they talked about on the panel, so the fans are the only ones, or the people in the room are the only ones who have that. And then um, the experience itself was a lot of fun. And, I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for from these kind of experiences when you have a line as long as what we're talking about to get in there. Like, that's the whole... You need all of that. If you're going to wait that long, if you're going to spend your time and, and your money to get into this thing, that's that's the standard for me. And every year, Archer figures out a way to make it worth it. So... Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. The, uh, the Simpsons panel is going to do the same thing, where you know they've got the technology to sort of do the quick animation, move the mouth. So Nancy Cartwright as Bart's going to be backstage, and she's going to answer questions. And on the screen, you're going to see Bart as if he's actually talking and, and oh, talking to the cool. audience. That's really cool. Because that's the same technology that they used for uh, the Simpsons Live a couple years ago, where they had uh, you know the live call in, and Homer yeah. was there answering questions. Yeah. So, so yeah, pretty- and they let they like they let fans ask Archer questions yeah. at the end of the panel. So it's like you can actually talk to him yeah. if you want to talk to him. I do feel like all the animated shows, they do try hard at Comic-Con yeah. to, to make it an experience, to do more than just a panel, but to actually entertain and give away stuff. Yeah, I was really like sad that. I missed the Bob's Burgers one this time because they also do a great job. Uh, but, but yeah, I, yeah. I agree. The animation panels are usually just terrific. And that yeah. sounds that Simpson one sounds great. Yeah, so that should be fun. So, yeah, I haven't had a chance to walk the floor yet either. It's just, so I'm hoping to today to finally check out things and also grab some things for the kitties. So, so and uh, also haven't had a chance to do many of the activations yet, but I'm doing Westworld today. Oh, so, you got it? Awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God, awesome. So, because I'm kind of excited about that one. I'm glad I didn't so, tell you too much. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I think it was just, it's just been little moments here and there. Liz was actually there when... Uh, I ran into Orlando Jones in the bathroom. Liz was not in the bathroom, but <laughs> no, she was outside the bathroom. And it was one of those weird moments where I had just finished my business and was going to wash my hands, and Orlando Jones walks in. And there's that moment of recognition, because I'd just done a panel with him a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so we start talking, and as we're talking, he just goes ahead and goes to the stall and starts doing his business. And mm-hmm. suddenly we're having a conversation where I haven't washed my hands yet, he's doing his business. It's, you know... 
there you go, it's Comic-Con, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, that's an awkward situation no matter what, because but, everybody handles that situation differently. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. But, yeah, it's, but it was cool to talk to him about what he's doing down here, actually marrying people yeah. uh, for, for sci-fi. Like, literally, like, you know, he's got a, one of those universal life church uh, uh Degrees? What? It's in, a certifications in, yeah. or license. or licenses. Licenses. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, in, not indoctrinated or ordained. ordained. Thank you. That's there the word I was go. looking for. He's an ordained preacher, and so he's marrying just bunches of people, and he's having a blast. And yeah. Apparently, it was his idea. Like he was because yeah. he like really believes in like the power of love and fandom bringing everyone together. Yeah. And so, as a fellow member of the clergy, it's it's a great thing. <laughs> great service he's doing. Yeah. yeah. We're proud of him. Yeah, so so that was cool, and just uh, yeah, it's the the usual spectacle of it all. What's so. interesting to me about Comic Con, especially in like that regard, of just kind of bumping into people, is there's so many people here that at times it feels like you can't find anyone when you want to find them. There's been a number of times when I've been at the same panel as somebody, and we're texting back and forth, and it's like, where are you? I'm here, and I can't like I'm literally standing. I, I was told at one point that I was like three seats away from somebody, and we couldn't see each other. Um, but then there's other times where you'll just be randomly walking around and all of a sudden there's a million people that you wanted to see and they're right there in front of you. Within an hour when I got here, I ran into the entire Legion cast. Um, Carlton Cuse walked past me at the heart. Like, I just kept bumping into all these people and then a couple of the interviews I did, I ran into them like an hour later, uh, just at a completely different location. It's, it's weird how much convergence there is and then how separate you can feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like when I like when I ran into you. I was like, I was just at that hotel at that moment to pick up a panel pass for the next day, like, and then I see, I went Orlando Jones down the way, and so I'm like, oh well, I should say hello to him because I had that interview with him, and then like, and then you're there, and then I'm also like, and then also the uh, executive producer creator of Colony walks up, right. and I'm like, and so he call the cre- executive producer of Colony is talking to Orlando Jones, um, and it's just like. It really like it really just just becomes like that BoJack Horseman joke of what is this a crossover episode? Yeah, yeah. no, I love those mashups, and and that's one of the things I'm kind of bummed out this year that I didn't do many panels. Is normally you could be in the green room when all the different shows are mm-hmm. in the green room, and then you see just like weird shows interacting with each other, people who you don't think should know each other, kind of like introducing each other or seeing each other again or little weird reunions people who worked together 10 years ago on shows running into each other giving them hugs and he'd snap a photo like hey look look at the reunion there was a great photo that went out yesterday um i think it was after the twin peaks panel but it was of Gwendolyn christie and kyle mcglaughlin yeah yeah and, you know she's kind of towering over yeah. him and, and like they're just hugging but they're both so excited to be like i think they both tweeted it out or whatever yeah, right? she, like, she tweeted it out again this morning that's how excited she's just like i'm so over the moon about this yeah yeah i mean it it, it was it was pretty awesome because like, that was like just, a hall h mashup there, right, right? Yeah, yeah they had they had game of thrones right before the twin peaks panel came on so it makes sense that again they just run into each other while they're leaving and coming or coming and going yeah um, but yeah. yeah the twin peaks experience so far at ComCon has been interesting i don't like using that word too much but <laughs> it's it is for me it's fascinating in that um Hall H was very full when I went into it and sat down, and I was there for Game of Thrones first, and then uh, for Twin Peaks. And when, when measuring like the volume of the audience and and the reactions to what was said, what was going on, it seemed fairly equal to what was going on in Game of Thrones. I I didn't feel like there was a huge difference, other than the David Lynch video that played beforehand was not blasted with 
such a base that it shook your soul. Like, the Game of Thrones thing was painful. We were sitting... Uh, Mike and I were actually upstairs in the press room went during that panel, and we felt... I, it's like, I felt the rumbling from... Because the press room is right above yeah. Hall H. Literally, the, the room shook. I say literally a lot. Um, and... Then we got the release of the of the, we got the email about the trailer coming out and I was like, oh that's what that was. Yeah, it was it was it was painful. Like it literally like in the room it, it literally did hurt me. Oh. Um. But no. So but what what I found out afterwards, or at least what I saw on Twitter, was there were a lot of people saying at first that the Hall H that Hall H was not very full for Twin Peaks. That there were a lot of empty seats. Like a lot of people left after Game of Thrones, and there was a huge opening, and then like trying to say, like, there's not that much interest in Twin Peaks here at Comic-Con, but then there were all these reactionary tweets saying that they weren't letting people in the door, that there were a bunch of people standing in line, and I don't know exactly how the Hall H line functions, I'm sure it is a tricky beast, but uh, there are apparently a lot of people waiting outside and a lot of people tweeting saying that they wanted to get in and they couldn't get in. Um, so I, I don't really know exactly how this kind of experiment worked. We've seen a lot of different kind of shows show up at Comic-Con and try to take advantage of that cult fandom, even if they're not related to comic books, they're not related to animation, they're not related to anything, you know, uh, nerdy or geeky or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then later that night there was a screening, an advanced screening of Part 11, which is, again, everyone in this room knows how shocking that is because of how tightly kept these episodes have been and how all the footage is, is under lock and key. Um, but they, So they had this advanced screening, it was at 10 p.m. on Friday, and that room was, I can attest, half empty. Like, that was not very well populated. Mm. Um, so what do you make of the news um, that they're moving it to Mondays? Oh, they're not moving it to Mondays. They're moving it uh, an hour earlier on Sundays. Oh, okay. Maybe uh, I misread that tw- a tweet about that then. Yeah, so, so they're, they're bumping it up an hour, but they're not bumping it up until August 6th. So there's at least two, or no, there's, one, so there's one, two more episodes before yeah, they make the time change. And a lot of people are saying it's a reaction to Game of Thrones, uh, and I'd say that it could be. Except, why don't they do it earlier? Why don't they have? Why don't they just start it sooner? Maybe it's just a programming thing where they can't. They have things locked in, and they can't make the change that fast. But it's not like they didn't know Game of Thrones was coming. Like they knew that that was going to be released, and they know how many people are watching it. Right. And the other weird thing is, you know, clearly people aren't watching it linearly. Right. They're watching they're it way online, more online, or they're online. streaming it, or, or something, but they're not watching it live. So it kind of doesn't matter what time you air it. Yeah, I agree. It's mm. it's an it's a strange move. I mean, I'm I'm ecstatic about it. I love the idea, especially for us. It's going to be at five p.m. on a Sunday. That's a much better time for me to watch it. Right. And 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 write a review of it. Uh, then you know later in the night, so uh, so I'm very excited by it. But yeah, I mean, it, and uh, they obviously asked one, one of the cute things before um, before the panel started was one of the executive producers. I think it's Sabrina Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Um, she came up and did like a very brief intro. She said that when they walked into the room, she was FaceTiming with David Lynch. So she showed David Lynch everybody in the room when they were like applauding and clapping. Um, and then he asked her to read a poem, which was the fire walk with me poem. Okay. Um, and <laughs> normal, normal stuff here. And yeah. And then, uh, obviously they, they doubly imparted the message of please do not talk about this at all. Like don't, don't mention spoilers. Don't post anything until after the thing airs. I haven't gone on Twitter to see if there's any like 
reactions out there, but I took it very seriously. I'm not saying a word, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that it's out there, and I was a little, like, as, as much as I know there's a lot going on at Comic-Con, I was a little surprised that the room wasn't busier. I mean, it's, I think anything that happens after, like, 8 p.m. at night, like, is kind of a hard sell. I don't know, that, uh, oh, God, what was it last year? The Killing Joke screening last year? Oh, yeah. That was insane. It was that in the be, hall? No, it was in um, Ballroom 20, I think. Oh. Um, but, it, I mean, it could be just that, you know, people are willing to wait again. Like, it's it's two days that they have to wait to watch Twin Peaks. They're in Comic-Con for four yeah, days. That's, they have stuff to do. There's, you know, yeah, I, I would, I, if I was just a casual fan, I would totally be in that mindset. Twin Peaks fans are so intense. Yeah. They get into it. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm just saying, if, if I was a casual fan, I'd have that same attitude. Um... You are a casual fan. I'm a casual fan, but I'm also, like, if, if, if you hadn't been here and it was my job to cover it, I would have gone. Like, right. but as a, as a professional. Right. As a grown-up. Um, meanwhile, I got to, they surprise screened uh, The Defenders last night, uh, the first episode of that, of the upcoming Marvel show. Yeah, they did, they did a surprise screening of that, and they did a surprise screening of Outlander. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's, that's the new thing. Surprise! Where and do, do we know where the Outlander panel was? Was that a whole H thing? Or was I that, believe that was Ballroom 20. Is that Ballroom 20? I mean, yeah, because... Just, surprise screen that is... I mean, that's a big chunk of time. That just seems crazy. Well, it was... I mean, the the only way I think Marvel got away with it was in, in, in Hall H, where I was, was that uh, basically, you know, it was the last panel of the day. Um, and like, and, but on the schedule it was 6.15, so maybe if you made your evening plans around that fact, you got kind of hosed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who would make plans after the Defenders panel, though, Liz? I mean, really, that's, that's all there is. I don't know. I've been far closer to Mike Coulter and been able to, and survived. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like, I feel like looking, you know, we've got one more day here, uh, and then as you listen to this course, like, Comic-Con is over, and we're, on to the next thing, which is going to be TCAs, uh, which is like Comic-Con, except uh, quieter. Right. And with more food. No clapping. No <laughs> clapping. More food, less walking. So it's, yep. yeah, it's uh, not so good for uh, the body, but... <laughs> this yeah. trains us, though. This gets us into like good trim shape, and then you get to go indulge for, well, it's, two, it's like two weeks. So yeah, that, that could be damaging. Yeah. But, it's the highs and the lows of this, of, of this, of this particular month. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, but, um, be, I'm going to make this, we're going to make this a Comic-Con edition, and we've talked about a lot of things already, but, uh, Comic-Con edition, best thing, next thing, Mike, what was the best thing you saw, you've seen this week? Um, you know, the one interesting thing I thought was, you know, I was at the Walking Dead panel, and obviously they had to sort of address the, the, the death of their stuntman, and so it was, it was a little more somber than usual. Uh, and they also decided not to uh, have a moderator. So, uh, who, who? So it was just a free for all. So, so you know, Chris Hardwick moderated Fear the Walking Dead, but he didn't come back out for The Walking Dead. So Scott Gimple, the executive producer, kind of uh, handled things with Robert Kirkman, but ultimately they just opened it up to questions. They didn't have a moderated panel as much as it was just oh. fan questions, which actually ended up working okay. Uh, and and. You know, it was sort of, I think they, they struck somehow the right tone of, uh, you know, saying some serious things. They had a statement, then they showed the trailer for next season, which actually was cut very well. Uh, it actually looked, uh, you know, it was 
really well done with even a big spoiler at the end of the trailer. Ooh. Um, uh, with uh, an aged Rick Grimes. Uh, time jump. Time jump. So get ready for old Rick. <laughs> I'm old Rick. Get off my lawn. Get <laughs> um, zombies. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so that was cool. And then they actually showed uh, because they're hitting the hundredth episode. They had a, a cut down of the first uh, hundred episodes. Sort of here's the story up until now, and it wow. was actually a really nice reminder of the highs and lows of the show. It was that was well done too. So did they kinda, release that? Did they put that? They did not. They should. They should, and I'm sure they will at some okay, point. Yeah. Um, should look out for that. Maybe they will by the time people hear this. Right. Uh, but so so that actually, uh, I, I thought they handled that panel very well. So yeah. kudos to the Walking Dead team for, for pulling that off. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say that I think maybe the unsung heroes of uh, of the of Comic Con are the people whose job it is to to moderate the questions being asked by fans because that is unseen work. But I've noticed since they've been making a point of like we are screening your questions. Ever since then, like the number of stupid fan questions you've had, I've had to sit through has been far lower. Yeah. Like, honestly, I mean, they're they're not like always the most evolved, advanced questions, and they're certainly not challenging. Like nobody stood up, nobody stood up during the Death Note panel and was like, "Excuse me, why, why is your cast white, or why why is your cast not an Asian?" Because mm-hmm. um, there is there is a Keith Stanfield idea. We shouldn't say the cast is all white, um, but like. Nobody's asking co- tough, controversial questions, but they are asking like interesting questions yeah, that people want to answer. They're not just making statements. So Comic Con, Comic Con question screeners, you are seen, you are acknowledged, and we thank you. Um, ben, what was the best thing you saw beyond what we've already talked about? Um, I mean, honestly, it would be well. I can't. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably the Rocco's Modern Life panel. Um, Rocco is something that is near and dear to my heart uh, from when I was a young lad growing up on Nickelodeon shows. It was by far my favorite. And um, uh, luckily I got, to, I got to interview the creator and a couple of the voice actors before it started, and then the panel itself was actually very rewarding. They showed um, footage from the new movie that's coming out, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, God, what's it called? I've already forgotten the subtitle. Um, subtitle to come. Yeah, subtitle to come. But uh, they, sh- they showed some of that footage, but one of the interesting points they made was they talked about, um, we talked about whether or not these kind of nostalgic looks at things were, were good or bad, or if they were skewing one way or the other, or if it was too hard to do, you know, all this fan service to try to, to you know, give fans, you know, recreate moments and characters and fit everybody in to, to give them that when they want that in the new setting. Uh, versus creating something completely new and original and exciting that you know they're inspired by on their own, and for Rocco they 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 said that they weren't too concerned about it. They did feel like they were kind of short on time, given that it's only an hour long movie that they're they're putting out there. But they also got to do it all with hand drawn animation. Um, wow! They, they they like Nickelodeon was more than supportive of letting them do that. Um, and then I mean in addition they they just. They made a good point that Rocco is kind of always about what was going on in the now, so they were able to focus on they were able to focus on the changes of of what happened in the past and where we're going in the future without it feeling too forced, without it feeling like uh, there were a ton of nostalgic callbacks because they had to revisit these things given both the premise and the overall goal of the series. So. One of the things that I really enjoyed, the best thing for me at Comic-Con, was kind of getting this nice reassurance that a property that is 
being resurrected yet again when so many of these things go awry, it seems to be in very good hands and, and heading in the right direction. So anybody who anybody who likes Rocco, I think you're going to be very happy with, with, with what's coming. And they also, you know, obviously, like everybody, feel a lot of pressure about kind of making sure that fans are happy when it comes to it. So That's lovely. So, Liz, is your best thing the, the moderator question, people? Uh, no, my best thing is it was it was a good moment. I, whether or not it was real, um, let's just live in the beautiful fantasy that during the Kingsman panel, Halle Berry chugged a pint of bourbon. Let's just live in that moment. Let's live in this fantasy. We are at Comic Con. Yes, we are at Comic Con. This is a place where we are allowed to believe in dreams, and I believe. That Halle Berry drank a pint of bourbon on stage. Based on the pictures I saw, Channing Tatum poured her this drink? Yes. Oh, he, it's real. Though. Yeah, yeah. He does not take prisoners when it comes to drinking, from what <laughs> I've been told. The, the other thing for you should be, I've been spying this barb candle the entire time. Oh, yes. Coveting it. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, the, the Netflix activations uh, were pretty interesting. They kind of cheaped out on the Defenders, I think. Like, the Defender, at least at the press breakfast I went to. It's like, it's basically just like, take your photo with the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, like, they had some fun interaction, interactivity with strange. They were giving, they have a, a shrine to Barb in the Stranger Things section, and I, I got my little, uh, you know, memorial calendar. Again, not calendar, uh, but a ca- uh, uh, candle. Um, and then also, uh, there's also an installation for the movie Bright, which. Um, I don't know if that's going to be any good or not. Um, it's certainly written by Max Landis. It feels very Max Landis-y. It's directed by David Ayer. Yeah. But who, by the way, I've never seen speak before. He's a lot. He is. Well, it matches his movies. Yeah, you know, but he's like... He's a lot. Um, so... He made Street Kings, though, so it's cool. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, TCA edition. TCA edition? Oh. Yeah. That's tough. Because um, we're heading into that. I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, this is going to come as no surprise to long-term listeners, but I am looking forward to FX releasing You're the Worst Season 4 episodes for us. Like, oh, I, yeah. And I, I've been privileged to visit the set and learn some of the things they're doing this season, and... I'm very, very excited to see it. So I, I, I haven't been told that that's happening. That usually happens when they're going to have a panel and they're going to show up. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed. And it's, it's about that time anyway. The show comes back in the first week of September. So um, I'm, I'm excited for that. Liz, how about you? Um, I am looking forward to... Um, well, there, there's going to be apparently a lot of shark-themed stuff happening that week, so, the first week. So that'll be fun. Apparently we get to pet sharks... Which I've done before, and it's fun. Makes me nervous. It's it's fine. They're very they they feel weird. It's no. it's a weird feeling. Um, and but hopefully there'll be sharks and puppies. Those are small sharks. Hopefully there'll be sharks and puppies together. <laughs> sharks versus puppies. Interesting. The next sci-fi yeah. original movie. I mean, we would all watch that. Mm, let's not say. No, that. I don't know. Shark plus puppy equals shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Deadly um, math. But yeah, uh, I think also uh, I'm actually I'm actually pretty excited uh, because Outland they've they've uh, Stars has released six episodes of Outlander, which is a lot of episodes for pre for for a TCA release, um, and I will have I will I plan to watch all of them because uh, I have an interview set up with Ronald D. Moore who I've always wanted to speak with and have never done so. So this is actually I'm very I'm very jazzed for this one. Also, Outlander. 
Outlander, I feel like, in its first season, I made a lot of jokes about the sexual content um, and the voiceover. And then season two, though, like, I have, I, I kind of came, I came to the end of it, and it's, like, a much more mature show. It's, uh, it do, it did a lot of really interesting stuff. It's beautifully made. Like, I, I feel like that show is a one that just keeps getting better and better. Um, and more of a real proper grown-up drama than something I can make giggly schoolgirl be, you know, a giggly schoolgirl girl over. But there's still kilts. There's still, I mean, if there are no kilts on that stage during TCAs, I'm going to, I'm going to flip a table. Well, I noticed Ron Moore stopped wearing his kilts and, and I'm kind of... Which is upsetting. Well, yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I had my fill of Ron Moore and kilts. You know, that was, it was a moment in time. (laughs) Fair enough. And I am looking forward to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that's a good point. of Curb. That is going to be, I mean, I, 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 you know, I haven't been covering TCAs uh, in, in the, in the, I, I never covered TCAs during the era in which Curb was on the air. A, a common occurrence, yeah, as opposed yeah. to a, every eight years, Larry decides, I'm ready. Yeah, so, that was a decent Larry. So, it was awful, but thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, and but that what, should be a fun panel, and we'll, we'll kind of see where, where Larry is in his mind space, like, I'm, I'm curious just, you know... Is he still Larry, or has he changed at all? I guess we'll find out. If I I'm mean, remembering the schedule right, that's right after the Deuce panel, right? Uh, it's at it's at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, I think it's the final. It's it's their their kind of killer closer. I think it's HBO. Deuce and then Curb, which is going to be after seeing the Deuce quite a jump in discussion. Yeah, and it's it is one of the highlights of the TCAs because there's so many different shows, and every network kind of is focusing on at least one of their dramas and comedies and docs and like all that. There is always a, a big swing in the room, yeah. but uh, that one should be quite funny. Well, the HBO afternoon is always great, because it's yeah. always star-studded and interesting. And yeah. so oh, God, time. and that executive session's going to be fun. Oh, God. <laughs> By which I mean it's going to be kind of messy. Perhaps. We, we always say that, and then it always ends up being a little... Uh, they're, they're never the fireworks that we hope for. Do you think yeah. I can still get in my leftovers question? <laughs> Never too late for a leftovers question. Six years from now. Exactly. It'll, it'll be like uh, the, the perennial Deadwood question. It, it, they'll start issuing a statement at the bottom of their release. Like when they invite us to TCAs, it's like, Ben, please, no questions. Yeah, yeah it's but, gone. It's over. Well, what's, it's am, what's amazing about your leftovers question is that over the course of two weeks of TCAs, it is the only question you will ask. Oh, yeah. Like, I might have a deuce question this time around. I'm, whoa. I'm pondering it, but... Whoa. Cool. Well, um, thank you very much for listening. We're going to be back. Uh, we, we, we'll be back next week, as always. We'll be, at this time, we will probably be in a different hotel room uh, talking to you about uh, what we're seeing at TCAs. Or maybe we'll find something that isn't a press event to talk to you about. Maybe we'll find something actually interesting. Ben is um, <laughs> shaking his head no, which is doubtful. So, doubtful. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and... Make sure you listen to Turn oh, yeah. Podcast yes. with our own Michael Schneider. Thank you for guesting with us, Michael. Yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, you can find Mike on Twitter at Franklin Avenue. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And uh, again, we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television. Mm-hmm.